This is HPR episode 2292 entitled AFNUV5RVHF slash UHF handset part 1 and is part of the series QSK HAM radio. It is hosted by Mr. X and is about 22 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is an in-depth series about the AFNUV5RVHF slash UHF handheld transceiver. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Welcome, Hacker Public Radio audience. My name is Mr X. As usual, I'd like to start by thanking the people at HPR for making this service available. If we all contributed a show, we'd have more shows than we know what to do with. The show is provided by the community for the community. It's actually very easy. They've gone to a great deal of effort to streamline the whole process and it's, it's really quite quite easy. The hardest bit I find is, is getting around to writing the, the show notes. Um, it's just a matter of picking up a microphone and hitting the record button. I'm sure you must have something interesting that we'd all love to hear. Anyway, this show is all the fault of Ken Fallons. I was listening to one of the community news episodes and he was commenting on a previous episode I did about the Bofing UV5R handset. It's a VHF-UHF handheld radio that can be used either for amateur use or for taxis or PMR or whatever. But anyway, um, in the community news, uh, Ken Fallon was commenting that I said uh, that I didn't want to go into the, some of the features in detail because I'd be there all day um, explaining it. And uh, Ken said... No, no, I wanted to say, tell us all about it. I want to hear all about it in great detail. Even though, of course, Ken, Ken hasn't got one of these radios. Because, as I said, it would be illegal for him to have one of these radios in, in, um, in, in the Netherlands. So I have no idea why on earth he would be interested in this. But anyway, uh, this is all Ken Fallon's fault. So you know who to blame if you're fed up listening to me prattling on about the Bofeng UV5R. So, I'll begin at the beginning, and I don't know how many parts this will sprout to, whether it be just one part or multiple parts, but here goes anyway. Okay, so I thought at this point I'd uh, go through a typical example of using the the Bofing UV5R uh, handset. 
So I've got picked up in my hand and uh, let's just uh, start by turning it on. So you obviously, um, the, the volume controls at the top uh, right hand side as you, as you view the thing. And I'm going to rotate it clockwise and you'll hear a, a click as it comes on and an announcement. So let's give that a go. So there you go. It's uh, you get the double you go you get the double beep that uh, signifies that uh, the radio's powered up, and then an announcement that says channel mode. So you've got you've got two modes of operation: uh, either uh, channel mode operation or frequency mode operation. And frequency mode, you just directly input the frequency you want to go to. Uh, this is in channel mode, and these channels were obviously pre-programmed at, at some point. And uh, so that's why it comes on and says uh, channel mode. And uh, I thought I'd, I'd start by going through an example of, of um, giving a call on a, on a on a simplex frequency. That's just uh, you're transmitting and receiving on the same frequency. And uh, here in the UK, the uh, the, the simplex calling frequency would be one f well on VHF, a very high frequency would be one four five decimal 500. So it's 145 megahertz, 500 kilohertz. At the moment it's, uh, it's saying 145 decimal 487 and that's channel 26 just happened to be the, the channel the radio was sitting on. So we'll push the up button once. Two, seven. And the radio announces have gone up to channel 27. And on my particular radio, the way I programmed it, channel 27 happens to be 145 decimal 500. So the next thing I was thinking, well, okay, I uh, I want as many people to hear me as possible. So um, I've noticed that there's a small L appearing in the top left hand uh, corner of the display. So I'm obviously in low power. So I better select high power. And to select high power, uh, you just momentarily push the hash key. Um, the hash key has got, it's got a hash on it. It's got a wee blue key on it, which is for locking the keyboard which happens if you hold that key down. But if you just momentarily touch it, it also happens to be a shortcut to take you to high power. So I'll just touch that now. There you go. And you get the beep telling you that, that that's been inputted and the L disappears on the display. There's not an H to say high power, it just disappears the L. So now that's us ready to go. Uh, so I'll hold the, the radio in my uh, right hand and squeeze the, the push to talk button uh, on the side of the radio and, and give an announcement. So here we go. Um, hello, this is GM4 MRX listening on S20 for any calls. And that's that's that. That's on the uh, S20, and obviously there's nobody around, so that's fine. Um, so <clears throat> now we can try uh, giving a call on one of the local repeaters. And uh, there's a local repeater here uh, in the Firth of Fourth, uh, GB3FF, and that's on decimal one. It's one four five decimal six hundred, uh, which uh, which we'll just go to. So that happened. Let's just see now. So that, that was the repeater, uh, GB3FF, uh, 
that you were listening to there, the ident, the Morse ident, which they, they uh, transmit every so often, just happened to be on as I was uh, switching channels there. So there you go. That's us now sitting on 145.600. And um, if I push the PTT uh, switch, then the radio drops by 600 kilohertz and it transmits on 145 decimal zero 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 and the repeater is listening on one four five decimal zero 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 for any reception and if it receives a signal then it retransmits that signal out back on decimal and one four five decimal six hundred so that's six hundred kilohertz higher than what it's listening on because you can't transmit and receive on the same frequency at once obviously so I'll just give that a go so uh, let's just see uh, Hello, this is GM4MRX Testing Access. So there you go, that, that was me um, lifting the repeater there. The repeater uh, picked up my signal and, uh, and you get a, 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 a pip. Uh, we're telling you that um, it's waiting for you to to call in, sort of thing, and then after a predetermined time, it just drops the transmitter and uh, goes back to listening again. So that's basically all there is to it. Um, I think so. I just turn that off. Here we go. That's the radio back off again. Yep, that, that's really all there is to it. Um, really quite easy to use. Okay, so if you're looking for uh, information on the Bofeng UV5R, obviously you can look at the uh, manual that comes with the radio. But I'd also recommend looking at, um, there's a project called the Chinese Radio Project, um, and I don't know very much about it. I don't know whether other models have been covered or not, but it certainly covers the Bofeng UV5R. And that's available at http colon slash slash radiodoc.github.com. I'll hopefully put that in the show notes if I get a chance. Uh, So that takes you to the Chinese Radio Project um, for the Bo- Bofeng UV-5R uh, radio uh, and that's been created by I think it's Leonard Lidberg um, and it's th- it says this work is licensed under Creative Commons Attribute Share Like 3.0 unported license um, looking through the um, document the, note that the author was planning to cover the excellent open source programming software Chirp, um, which allows you to program your radio from a PC. It's a multi-platform. It's multi-platform, and it's available for Linux. Here's what he says about Chirp. Uh, Chirp and the upcoming revised edition. Originally, I intended to include a whole section in the programming chapter dedicated to the free and open source programming tool Chirp. But unfortunately, I couldn't, for the life of me, get it playing with my hardware, despite trying three entirely different setups. Chirp will therefore have to wait for the revised edition of the book, which in turn will have to wait for me to get Chirp working. Okay, so I remember reading somewhere that people were having problems uh, getting the programming cables working. Um, And I think the... uh, the cable emulates a serial cable via U- USB. I'm led to believe that there are clones of these cables uh, doing the rounds. Apparently, a lot of the cables have counterfeit chips within the cable. Uh, 
that uh, Windows def- det- Windows detects and refuses to work with. Uh, Linux, on the other hand, completely ignores this and works with any cable. This may explain the problems the author was having getting his radio programmed using Chirp. Here are some basic concepts from the Chinese radio project Bofeng UV5R manual that I thought you might find useful before delving into the details for the Bofeng UV5 transceiver. So from chapter 8 it talks about selective calling. So it says um, to explain selective calling Sometimes when you're working with larger groups of people using the same channel, things can get very crowded, very fast. To minimise this problem, several methods of blocking out unwanted transmissions on your frequency have developed. In general, there are two forms of selective calling in two-way radio systems, group calling and individual calling. Group calling, as the name suggests, is a one-too-many form of communication. Every radio in your working group is configured the same way and any radio will make contact with every radio in the group. Individual calling, sometimes also known as paging, is a one-to-one form of communication. Every radio is programmed with a unique ID code and only by sending out a matching code can you get the radio to open up to your transmission. The Bofeng UV5R features three different ways of group calling CTCSS, DCS and Toneburst. The Bofeng UV5R does not feature any form of individual calling. Using these features does not mean that others won't be able to listen in on your transmissions. They only provide a method to filter out unwanted incoming transmissions. Any communications made while using these features will still be heard by anyone not employing filtering options of their own. Also, you cannot change the CTCSS or DCS settings while in memory mode. CTCSS and 1750Hz tone burst are also popular methods among amateur radio operators to open up repeaters. So that's quite interesting, quite useful. I'll delve into this in, that in more detail, obviously, when we get a bit further on. Um, chapter 10. Programming. Memory channels are an easy way to store commonly used frequencies so that they can easily be retrieved at a later date. The Wolfing UV5R features 128 memory channels that each can hold, receive and transmit frequencies. Transmit power, group signalling information, bandwidth, ANI slash PTT ID settings and a six character alphanumeric identifier or the channel name. So within that there's manual programming. So it says for manual programming, manual programming is somewhat fiddly until you get used to it, especially when programming in duplex channels. Note that the ANI and S code IDs can only be set from a computer. When programming channels, it is important to remember that you can only save memory channels when working on the upper display in VFO mode. That's handy to know, isn't it? Um, To create a new channel, start by switching your radio to frequency VFO mode using the key, 
When in frequency VFO mode, select your desired receive frequency using the numeric keypad. After that, use the menu system to configure the finer details of the channel you're wanting to program to memory, such as transmit power, bandwidth, CTCSS or DCS and more. For more information on how to use the menu system, see Chapter 4, Working with the Menu System and Appendix B. Information regarding how to set up CTCSS and DCS can be found in Chapter 8, Selective Calling. Chapter 11, Repeaters A radio repeater is an automated transceiver in a fixed location, usually mounted high up on a hilltop or on a tall building but sometimes they operate within buildings for internal use. A repeater takes one signal and relays it, usually after amplifying it by orders of magnitude. This can be very handy as this enables you to use a small, low-powered handheld two-way transceiver such as the Bofeng UV5R to reach great distances. Whether you're a commercial, business or government user or an amateur radio operator, Chances are you'll be dealing with a repeater system sooner or later. To find out what settings to use to use your local repeater, ask your employer or someone at your local IARU membership organisation for details. A common type of repeater is a duplex repeater. In a duplex repeater system, the repeater transmits and receives simultaneously but in different frequencies. To utilise this type of repeater, your radio have to ha be capable of transmitting and receiving on different frequencies on the same memory channel. How you use this kind of repeater is by setting the receive frequency of your radio to the output frequency of the repeater and the transmit frequency of your radio to the input frequency of the repeater. Oftentimes, the transmit frequency to use isn't explicitly stated, but rather an offset relative to your receive frequency is specified. This is conveniently enough also how the Bofeng UV5R natively handles repeater setup by specifying offset rather than transmit frequency. Chapter 12 Automatic Number Identification In dispatch environments it's common to have a system in place that will allow radios to automatically identify themselves to the dispatcher. This is known as automatic number identification, or sometimes PTT ID. Since the radio sends a data burst containing the ID code at the beginning or end of transmission, the Bofeng UV5R uses DTMF signaling for an ANI implementation, automatic number and identification. Uh, 13. Amateur Radio Setup In contrast with commercial radio operators who often need very specific requirements to be compatible with a very specific radio implementation, amateur radio operators tend to need the broadest possible settings in order to be compatible with as many systems as possible. The, this basically implies turning all the fancy features that you typically might need for commercial things set, for commercial setups off. In a typical amateur radio setup, the following settings would be recommended. Set bandwidth to wide, menu item 5. Turn DCS and CTCSS off, 
menu item 10 through 13. Turn ANI DTMFST S code PTTID off and PTTLT to 0 milliseconds, 0 ms. Menu items 15 through 17 and 19 through 20. Turn of squelch tail elimination STE features. Menu item 35 through 37. Turn Roger Beep off. Menu item 39. For further information, see Appendix B, Menu Definitions and Chapter 4, Working with the Menu Systems. I hope that gives you a flavour of the sort of things that's inside the um, the um, Bofeng UV5R Chinese... What's it called again? Let me just get this right. It's called the Chinese Radio Project Bofeng UV-5R. Um, yeah, excellent document. Just really, really professionally made. Um, I mentioned it when I first talked about the Bofeng UV-5R. And uh, I said that... Um, you know, they, they, they've got diagrams of the radio and it, it was so accurately produced and so so well rendered that I thought it was originally the commercial manual that came from the manufacturer but it wasn't, and I believe it was um, it was um, was it rendered in Inkscape? Is that right? can't remember. Anyway, there you go. It's very very impressive um, uh, piece of documentation. Well worth a, a read. I think that's enough just to cover some basic ideas about uh, using the uh, handset with amateur radio use in mind. Okay, so that's enough for part one of uh, the Bofeng UV5R. As I say, it's going to be long and rambly and it's all Ken Fallon's fault. Hopefully it'll be of interest to a few people listening. If you want to contact me, I can be contacted at Mr X at hpr at googlemail.com that's mrx at hpr the at symbol googlemail.com so until next time thank you and goodbye You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. 
unless otherwise stated. Today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.